Hi, welcome to Geek and Sassy. My name is Jennifer Smith. I'm here with the wonderful and beautiful and abroad Miranda. How you doing, Miranda? I think I'm doing okay. That was a lot of descriptors for me there. <laughs> yeah, I was to say to the egg girl, get ready. Right. Oh, God. How's it going? How you doing? Um, it is cold. It is mm-hmm. lockdown. That's pretty much all I have for the people because, yeah. Same four walls. Close to snow later, and we are on a huge lockdown. So that's 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 my life. I can go to the grocery store, and I can walk my dogs if I stay within like a certain district, which means like my my little part of town. And then I can't leave town. Mm. Can't leave town. Wow. How long does this last for? Do they say? For right now until January 28th. Hmm. Could be longer. Well, I hope it works. Um, things are uh, pretty much on fire over here. Don't know if you I see that. Yeah, like... that. So, um, you know, you left just in the nick of time, girl. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Um, and, you know, COVID is, you know, just running rampant. So, but vaccine. Some states are like, hold my beer, watch this. Yeah, no joke. Um, Vaccine coming soon, hopefully. Um, I know a bunch of people have had it already. Yeah, same. um, As long as they don't turn into zombies, I think we're going to be all right, hopefully. I mean, here's the good thing I will say about the vaccine for me. Obviously, I'm getting the vaccine. I won't go into that because I, like, what I will say is uh, for anyone that is like, why are they being vague with some of this shit? Because Jenny and I agreed a long time ago, like, it was a mutual, we both came to the table with, like, rules, and both of our number one rule, we found it really funny, and that's why she's my best friend, our both number one rule is the same thing, like, we'll be vague and funny about politics, but we're not a political podcast, basically. Right. So, without getting people riled up, yeah, I'm going to get the vaccine, but what is funny like, I had to do that whole segue for this. What is funny is that here, when it's our turn to get the vaccine, so we are behind, like, there's a chart, like, who gets it first, next, mm-hmm. like, there, it, it's coming in, like, waves or rounds, mm-hmm. and we are behind the homeless and the gypsies. The homeless and the gypsies and the asylum seekers are allowed to have it before I am. So I'm hoping by then, if it turns anybody into zombies, I'll have plenty of fair warning. That that's a solid plan. Uh, behind the gypsies, are you? I am a behind the gypsies. All right. Well, you know. So if I you're an asylum how... seeker, which I think a lot of people might want to seek asylum from America right now, you can get your shot before me. Okay. Well, I mean, there's another Same. reason to go. <laughs> I think I think all these other countries are gonna be like, no, we fool. Uh, sorry about it. Um, <laughs> thank God for entertainment, Miranda. Um, right, right. We would I, all. I that is like a wonderful thing during this time, whether you're in lockdown or you feel like your whole life is burning around you or whatever it may be. There are so many types of entertainment that you can partake in that kind of completely removes you from all this crazy so we're just going to call it st- all this stuff with the hand mm-hmm. gestures. You got to do the hand gestures. Just you can see all me. of this. Yes, happening. just all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, so you have wonderful loads and loads of entertainment. Could you imagine if this pandemic had, well, what the, okay, could you imagine because of the access that you have to like unlimited hours of entertainment, like whatever right. yours may be, books or movies or TV, whatever. Could you imagine if this should have happened when we were kids? I think one good thing would be that we were so closed off from like outside of our own little worlds bubbles because we didn't have like internet and stuff that we maybe would have been fine. I also think our moms, because we were born in the 80s, would have been like, just go play outside with the other kids and kids yeah. already. Yeah, we would have been like permanently locked out of the house yeah. during the day. Yeah. You know. like, do you remember chicken pox parties? Um, vaguely, yeah. I yeah, never got yeah, it though. So I just, I feel like our parents, if this had happened in the 80s, they would have been like, COVID party! Oh, uh, probably. <laughs> But yeah, could you imagine oh, oh the amount of stuff that we have to remove ourselves? And I mean, we had books and TV and stuff then too. Right. Just because of how much you have at your fingertips right now. Yeah, it's like how it's lucky. Quite amazing. Yeah, how lucky we are basically as a whole collective mm-hmm. to have access to things to take your mind off of all of the things going on in the world. Because like mm-hmm. everything is like a crapshoot. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> So, um, we're going to catch everybody up on what we have been consuming in the form of reads and streams and downloads. Um, I have, you know, obviously a lot of stuff for this. Right. Uh, I try to n- narrow it down a little bit. What What do you want to talk about? What's on your mind? What's first? Uh, you know, you actually texted me a few days ago and was like, oh my God, I have books to talk about. So yeah. why don't we just start since we usually say read streams and downloads? Why don't we actually like go in order and you tell me about like the books because I usually always love when when you're reading like the things mm-hmm. that you decide to tell us about. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about your book adventures? Okay, so it's surprisingly not a Stephen King um, book. What? Which is <laughs> I know, which is all I've been reading lately. So. On a whim, decided to check back in with one of my most favorite authors. Um, I've talked about him a little bit before, but Dean Koontz, I've read, you know, I grew up reading his stuff. Um, you know, just sort of went like, I wonder what Dean Koontz has been writing. Um, so I came across um, sort of like a novelette, and it's called The Bone Farm. And it is sort of the introduction introductory story of this character that will go on to have a five book miniseries and her okay. name is Jane Jane Hawk um, she's an FBI agent who works for the um, like serial killer division or whatever and um, okay um, so she's like brilliant FBI she's like stunningly beautiful um, you know super smart and <clears throat> On the, you know, has all these closed cases with the FBI, so sort of a superstar with the FBI. And um, she stumbles across this giant conspiracy, but we don't get into that until the series proper. Um, The Bone Farm is like a condensed story. It opens up with her on a case, her um, investigating a serial killer, and she comes to this farm and finds them. And then, so is this like a prequel from when it's like a prequel to the five book series yes. yeah. or mini series as they're calling it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's a it's a decent sized book. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. you know a, a huge size, but it's a you know it's a 
good mini story. Um, and it introduces you to the character and then beginning in book one, which is called, I don't know. What is the name of it? I've read, I'm like on book four now. <laughs> oh, awesome. Um, I think I vaguely remember either finding these and like adding them to my like want to read yeah. list. Um, but I, I know I haven't actually read them, but it, the first book is great. Yeah, the first book is called The Silent Corner. Um, okay. So if you wanted to start the series off with The Silent Corner, you can do that. Um, I really liked The Bone Farm, and it hooked me back into, number one, Koontz's writing. Um, and I really like the narrator for the story on Audible. Um, she does a great job. And then, so Jane gets, stumbles across this conspiracy that involves people using nanotech to control people and create brainwashed people so like basically they open them with a code phrase right. um and then instruct them to do things um they instruct them to kill themselves they so a little sci-fi um, in there too in inside your mystery yeah um it's classic dean Koontz as far as um the themes like big tech and big government conspiracies and stuff like that. He, he writes about a lot of that sort of thing. And um, he, he's really dialed in on this Jane character. He really does a great job with her. Um, a, a little bit, a little bit too perfect of a character. Um, okay. I mean, just, you know, Every move that she makes is like brilliant and the perfect move that she could have ever made. She doesn't make so any mistakes. Maybe you'd like her to have some flaws. Yeah, I mean, he does. He's um, sort of slowly introducing um, a drinky problem with her. So I think that I, I'm not sure if there's going to be anything past book five when they wrap up this whole story. Mm -hmm. um, but if so, that might be part of it. Um, because she is drinking a lot while she's also being a badass um, fugitive. Um, the things that she does is, is quite amazing. Like she just works her way up the chain on this conspiracy and just, you know, kills people left and right. And I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty badass. Um, but well, she you also. have to think that, like, looking at the cases and the things that it sounds like she does, like I could understand writing uh, a drinking problem into her character. Like I haven't, obviously haven't read it, but it seems like a viable flaw to have right. in, a, in a character like that. Yeah. It's good to like actually have one um, because she's yeah. so smart that she makes all these, like she takes all the precaution. She, she does everything as safely as she can while at the same time trying to, break open this conspiracy she travels across the country um back and forth everywhere so there's a lot of travel i mean she's constantly on the move and uh, along the way she has allies friends um that she trusts that help her you know right. on her quest so um and she's fueled by revenge because um her husband is the one who gets mind controlled and they they make him commit suicide. And oh, that's horrible. So her whole mission is to um, bring all this to light and to clear his name that he was murdered. He was not, he did not commit suicide. Right. He wouldn't and have then, done that on his own accord had it not been for these 
the, the mind control. Right. Yeah. So it's really awesome. I love the science, like the nanotech stuff on it. It's really cool. And yeah. um, I love brainwashing stories anyway. So um, I'm on book four. <laughs> so I will update on on, on the next time. Uh, but I've hooked, I've been hooked on this and it's been, you know, very nice to get <laughs> this level of distraction in, in, in the firestorm that, that is my brain. <laughs> I take pictures of me. I tried bad, to take. Bad. I tried to take a screenshot. It didn't like. I thought it. Would, yeah, it just didn't work out. It's not good. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is cool. I can take a screenshot because Jenny and I have decided we now record where we can see get, see each other. Mm-hmm. It's really awesome, actually. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> I distracted her. <laughs> no, it's fine. I was done. I will. I will. Um, if you like Dean Koontz and stories like this, read it. And then talk to me about it. It's awesome. What you got? Um, so one of the books I have been reading, I actually found out about. So if any of you have ever gotten ads on Facebook where. So there's all of these apps now that you can read where indie authors basically just like publish their stuff. A lot of times they do it like they publish it a chapter at a time. Kind of like right. Wattpad or stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of new ones now. And because I am in that romance readers, uh, the Heaving Bosoms group, and I'm in, like, uh, the Audible um, romance group, I guess Facebook's like, oh, she likes romance novels. So I get <laughs> I get ads. And I got one for, like, this most absurd story about – it's a werewolf. So it's, like, a shapeshifter romance, a werewolf romance. Mm-hmm. So I get this most absurd ad that I can't stop reading because, you know, they give you, like, the first chapter of the book. And I'm reading this, and I'm like – what the hell am I reading? But then I was like, I couldn't stop reading it. Um, and it's on this app called Dreamy, um, which it's Dream and then an E at the end. So if somebody okay. tries to look it up, so it's like a Dreamy. And I'm going to be honest, if you're patient and like say, say the author has like five chapters out and six is coming or whatever. So either you can spend coins that you buy an app to buy this book. I'm just explaining how it works before somebody decides that they go in here and then they feel like I lied to them. So you can buy coins to <laughs> you can buy coins Sorry. to like buy the book basically and just buy it outright and have it, or you can just wait until the next chapter opens, which I don't know how okay. much time I got impatient and I bought the whole book. That is very odd, but we can talk about that in a minute. I was impatient. I did not want to wait until the next until it like freely gave me the next chapter I was ready for the next chapter so this book is so absurd and what you have to understand is when you're reading things on an indie site like this you know that like I can't complain about grammatical errors and things like that because they haven't had a a proofreader and it's small things like when she was typing really fast it auto-corrected we all know how auto-correct words so there's some words that you're like what and then you reread the sentence and you're like okay and you just keep going yeah. So if you're he, if you're not if you cannot handle that this is not for you. It's indie writing where it has not been proofread basically. This story is both so absurd with so many POVs in it and they do tell you whose POV it is, which is kind of distracting but you also need to know. Mm-hmm. I am I thought I was almost done with it. No, there are 100 chapters in this thing. Oh my god. 100 chapters and I just can't stop reading it. 
How far are you in? Chapter like 30 something. <laughs> I can't stop. Like I need to know what's going on. And normally I wouldn't talk about a book until I'd finished it. But I, I just, okay. This whole, I watch, I, I read romances, right? And this one has some problems. Okay, I get that apparently, so the way this works in this book, on your 18th birthday as a wolf, because they, they are wolf, like, uh, they're not covens. My brain just went dead. I'm with packs. They're packs, right? Yeah. So on your 18th birthday, you um, suddenly have the potential to find your mate. Your mate is lifelong. You can accept him or you can deny him. And if you deny him, you the goddess, the moon goddess might grant you the ability. So they, they worship like the goddess, basically. Mm -hmm. So the goddess might be nice and, and allow you a second chance at love if you deny your mate. If you don't deny your mate, you're good, right? You're good. But here's the thing. So on, at my 18th birthday, like I might immediately be like you can smell your mate. Apparently, all of a sudden it clicks and you recognize your mate. Unless like twilight not, with the imprinting. Yeah, kind of. But in, in, but if they're not 18 yet, then your mate won't know. Like, you won't know you're each other's mates. Okay. So, like, you can the be one, older than 18, though? Yeah, they not can ever. be older. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's just it, it doesn't happen to you till you're 18. It's almost okay. like that's when you hit adulthood. So, that's when, like, and you're it's allowed not that to you can't have sex. But, well, it's <laughs> not that you can't have sex because apparently there's a lot of them that have been getting it on since they were old enough to know what sex was. But apparently, like, it's not supposed to mean anything. So, like, one of the characters in this book, he's, like, 23, 24. And, like, on this girl's 18th birthday, they realize that they are mates. Mm -hmm. And I'm, like, I have lots of questions about this. So, they suddenly are madly in love with each other. Like, instantaneously madly in love with each other. And they're mated. And, like, from day one, they're, like, baby, and I love you. And I'm, like, I understand that this is their culture, but I am, so like, so were they friends before? Are they strangers before? Sometimes they're strangers because the pack, what about these pack can be large. Yeah. So um, one couple in here, they've never known. They've never like crossed paths because he's like higher up in the food chain and she's just kind of lower down here. So they've never actually crossed paths. Uh-huh. And then there's another couple that... Um, like the main two characters of the story are the alpha of this pack and the Luna, which is what the female gets called as she's married mm -hmm. to the alpha and is his mate. Mm -hmm. So they actually knew each other when she was 10 and he was like 16, 18, something like that. Cause their, their families knew each other. She's mm -hmm. from another pack and her pack was all murdered. Like that's the whole backstory. So her pack was all murdered. They thought she was dead. They thought everybody was dead. And apparently there's like, yeah, they thought everybody was dead, but the pack that murdered her and her family actually took her in as a slave. From the, so from the time that she was 10 to 18, she worked in this other pack as a slave, always being claimed that they didn't know she was the alpha that they murdered's daughter. So she's actually, uh, she's actually like way high like up an Anastasia situation. Yeah. Yeah, so on her 18th birthday, she's having to serve at this party because she's the slave. She's having to serve at this party, and lo and behold, she gets the crap beat out of her because they're they're mean. They're horrible to her. They beat her. They everything else, and uh, that's how she comes back in contact with this guy that like didn't even realize who she was, didn't have any clue who she was. What's this and now she's 
Uh, so now she's off living as Luna. Let me pull it up. It, it's just, there's so much to this book. And it sounds so absurd. And I know right now that Bianca's going to listen to this and she's going to text me and go, what are you reading? Because that's, that's what she <laughs> says anytime I tell her it's absurd. It's called My Miracle Luna. And it's on the Dreamy app. My Miracle Luna. Yeah. Okay. I found it. I, like, it's listed on Goodreads from the author. Oh, okay. But it is. It is It is so absurd. But I just, I need to know if there's anybody out there that has ever read anything on this app. Like, do you pay for coins? Like, I did and I shouldn't have. Like, I usually tell people don't buy things in apps. Oh, my God, I did. I don't know. I just blame it on lockdown, baby. It's all right. I, I think I spent $30. I, like, I don't even know. <laughs> I just wanted I just needed to know and like it seems to be better and better. This lady is a genius. She is a con artist. She <laughs> I knocked my microphone over. I got so like <gasps> she is preying on these poor COVID moms just well, I, don't, I don't know. Is the app is the person that created the app the genius or are the authors writing on this app genius? I Both. don't know. They're both. I have heard from other people that some books are way, way cheaper. Clearly, most of them don't have this many chapters. And like I said, it's telling me that, like, you can wait for a, a chapter to be free to you. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't wait for the chapter You're to be like, free no, to me. You're like, no, I'm not doing that. little button they have in the upper corner that's like, download all now for coins. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I couldn't it. wait. That's so amazing. Every time, like, one of them calls the other one, like, my love or my sugar, and I'm like, you've known each other less time than Cinderella and Prince Charming knew each other. What is well, happening? I mean, it's, you know, it's it's what they are, right? They're, that's what they do. It's, it's weird to us, but it's, you know. I'm not a wolf, so right. I guess. I mean, humans believe in love at first sight, and I don't disagree with this. And I agree in, in like, soulmates and stuff, but, like, mm-hmm. and then it made me go, man, maybe I could write a book because. <laughs> well, you should. God. That would be awesome. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I'd write about fated mates of a pack, but she's not fated to the other pack. She's fated to a vampire. Oh, no. Swerve. Anyway, yeah. And a ghost is her best friend. Oh, my God. All right. Um, so another book that I... A, a ghost is her best friend. <laughs> <laughs> that just penetrated my brain. Okay. Um, oh, it penetrated something, all right. Sure did. I read this book before I started on the Dean Koontz stuff. Uh-huh. I, I'm Basically, I just wanted to bitch about it. It's called okay. The Hunting Party. Um, it's by Lucy Foley, who I think is fairly well known. Um, I actually read another one of hers on there, but this is like a like a murder mystery, like a whodunit type thing, and they they keep doing flashbacks um, to tell the relationships between the characters, so you are always guessing on who has killed this lady. Um, and it's set out in the in the wilderness, um, you know, like totally snowed in, and which will be a theme in my TV watching as well. Um, and they, 
they've all been friends since college and they all kind of hate each other but love each other kind of thing they all have complicated yeah they all have complicated past with each other and secrets and stuff like that with each other and uh shit starts coming out and somebody dies and um so it, it was good it was just i felt um like she was toying with me i felt like the author was um deliberately timing it out in the story to like keep me guessing which i guess she was probably trying to do that but i I just felt like it kept it was unnecessarily complicated you know like she just kept bringing up oh this backstory for this person this backstory for this and like they all just kept building till it was like well who the fuck killed this bitch you know, I, it was so just, some of it was unnecessary, maybe. Yeah. Too much like, yeah. Too much. I, I get fluffing a book. To, yeah. To add more, but maybe too much. Yeah. It was just, okay. I don't know. Uh, it's not a bad read, um, but not my favorite. I would say like a three star book. But you finished? Yeah, I finished that one. Okay. Yep. It was all right. <laughs> Did you make a good read thing this year? No, I didn't. Maybe I should. You should. You should. I don't even. I don't even know what a good goal would be. Start small. Small. Because it never hurts. Because yeah. Maybe I'll. Last last year I did mine and I was like, oh, it's COVID lockdown. I read so many books and then like my brain was just in like anxiety ridden mode and I could you, not read. Can you link Audible and Goodreads? That would be very helpful to me because I'm quite late. I know you can link Kindle and Goodreads where, like, as soon as you start a Kindle book, it'll go ahead and add it to your currently reading list. And then when you oh. complete it, it'll mark it off as the completed read. Um, I do know you can do your Kindle, but I don't think they have it audible yet. Which you would okay. think. Because mm-hmm. I think Goodreads is owned by Amazon now. I could be wrong about that. I thought they were all linked by now. I know, yeah, I know that you can do it with your Kindles because um, sometimes, so Jerry and I share a Kindle account mm-hmm. and sometimes I have to go in there and say, no, I didn't read that because he'll finish a book or start a book and it will add it. Usually mm-hmm. he tries to make sure that thing is clear because you can check mark and there's like a little box when you're on your Kindle and it'll ask you, do you want to add to your Goodreads? And he tries to tell it no, but sometimes it just does it anyway and I'll have to be like, nope, that wasn't me. Um, so, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I met my 2020 goal. I actually mm-hmm. did end up meeting my goal. It was challenging, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I, I just, I had, like, this whole stretch of months that just, yes. like, I just couldn't do it. Um, and so my goal last year was actually, originally it was 75. And then when I found out I was for sure going to be moving, I bumped it way down. I bumped it to 50. Mm-hmm. And, like, I came in by the skin of my teeth. Like, I was like, <laughs> Like, I made it. I made it, though. You did make it, and which yeah. is remarkable, considering all the shit that you went through yeah. during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, you're amazing, also. Um, what is a good goal? 20? I'd say 20, 25. Okay. We'll say 25. I'm encouraging our listeners. I know a lot of them because, well, I, I won't say a lot of them. I know the ones that converse with us frequently, and then the ones that are our friends, I know that they do Goodreads goals. Mm-hmm. But maybe maybe everybody should set one. Tell us what your goal is. Um, what I think is really cool is at the end of the year, whether you complete it or not, it tells you, um, like, how many 
I think it's how many pages you read for mm-hmm. the year. It tells you like um, how many books. Of course, you know your book total because it keeps count of it every year. But it tells you like the longest book, the shortest book. It even tells you like here's the highest rated book, like according to all of Goodreads. Hey, you read this book and it's rated here really high. Here's the book that you read that was rated like super low. Mm-hmm. And Audible did that this year, too. Did you get one of those? I think I did. All the things that you read, and it was like, hey, here's information about Audible. I thought that was really cool. It was. I I like the end of the year, like, wrap-up stuff. Yeah, because, honestly, there were a few books that I had read in. Or read in. I had read back (laughs) at the very beginning. I know, right? Like, but I read at the the very beginning of, like, January. And I had kind of forgotten. I Not forgotten the book, but forgotten that when I read it. And that's Mm. when when I read it. And I was like, oh. Okay, so I'm still in a cozy mystery kick, too. I read a bunch of those. Mm-hmm. I found, like, five that their first book of their series is, number one, it's a Christmas tale. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Christmas murder mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we moving on, or are there other books you want to talk about? Um. Christmas murder mysteries are all the same. They happen either on a Christmas tree farm or on a cider farm. They're really fun. Super quick reads. That's what you should write. You should write like a um, like a horror cozy mystery. Oh, you want me to mash all them genres in together? Yeah. So like you put it like in a real cheesy setting like that. Like at Christmas on a tree farm or something. So I give it the cheesy setting of a cozy mystery and I don't allow the murder to take place on the pages like a cozy mystery and I give it somewhat of a romance like most cozy mysteries but I add some horror in there. I'm just saying Hmm. it could work. It could work. Make a whole new because you know it's really weird. If you're not a reader, people may not know this, but you know this. Like, there's genres in reading, right? And then there's subgenres, and then there's subgenres within that genre. So I could make a whole new subgenre of cozy mystery. Be like, oh, you should. thought I was cozy? Mm-hmm. Wait till you get the slasher knife. Wait. Cozy this if bitch. Like, if Michael Myers was your yeah, was your murderer, yeah. and it wasn't some convoluted backstory of the guy that she cheated out of money. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, it's, you could just do so many things. Sometimes it's just a serial killer. You could make it even like a, like a monster, like a creature feature, like with the, like a murderous reindeer or So like, like it that. is kind of a paranormal, but the right. reindeer is murderous. It is not, it's not. Yeah. Like it, it. He does not redeem himself. No mm, redeemable qualities. No, He's just not murderous a, Rudolph. Yep. You're just going to have to kill him. On a Christmas tree farm. He kills mm-hmm. people. Yep. You picked the wrong tree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you're busy. Going to be busy doing that one for a while. <laughs> Look forward to reading that. <laughs> I could make them so absurd like Chuck Tingle really small and absurd. Yeah. yeah. But I couldn't okay. tell anybody it was me. <laughs> no, no. Use your fake name. <sighs> You have an alias, right? I mean, of course, yes. you, you're not going to tell us, but. No. But you do have one. What's the fun in that? <laughs> Wouldn't be an alias then, dumbass. Exactly. What about TV? What are you watching? So, 
like always, we are not sponsored by this app. But again, if they want to, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, there is a new streaming service brought to you by the billion channels that belong to Discovery, which, mm. by the way, I did not know. Did not know that many channels were part of that lineup. Oh, like, really? had no clue. Mm. Yeah. I, I just didn't realize that they were all, like, one big thing. Mm-hmm. So, we now have Discovery Plus. Mm-hmm. It is actually stupid cheap compared to most um, streaming services. It's like $4.99 a month if you don't mind having commercials. And mm-hmm. $6.99 a month if you just refuse commercials. Mm-hmm. So, I got it as a trial because then my grand my grandma was interested in it too. So you can have multiple profiles on there. So I got it for the trial seven day trial and then it's four ninety nine after that. And it has everything that's on investigation discovery, all of all of the show a lot of the shows I talked about last time we did a registries of downloads, like all the gold shows. Mm-hmm. But I have so far I've only watched two shows. I watched a cooking show called Lovely's Kitchen, which is actually really cute. I love her. She's adorable. Mm-hmm. Um and then I watched this hour, two-hour-long murder documentary, mm-hmm. but a story I was familiar with. And I think you and I have vaguely talked about this before, either on the pod or privately together, because you are interested in stuff like this, too. Mm-hmm. So do you remember the girl Gypsy Blanchard? Or Blanchard. I don't know. I think both pronunciations are correct. That her mother apparently was basically suffering from Munchausen's by proxy, and she was making her sick. Um, she actually told her she was four years younger than she was. She wouldn't let her go to, like, public school. So she, like, was not as smart as other kids because she wasn't letting her learn. Um, mm. She, like, went through surgeries, ungodly amounts of surgeries and medications and stuff where this mother was able to convince doctors that this she needed this done. And she basically tortured this poor girl, like mm-hmm. tortured her. And then the yeah, she ended up, um, Blanche, a gypsy ends up finding a boyfriend online because she's trying, she's rebelling. She realizes right. her mom's been lying to her. Her mom at that point, like out of nowhere, she started like beating her and stuff when she started asking lots of questions. And so now suddenly her whole life has turned upside down because she knows that she can walk. That's the other thing. She's been in a wheelchair since she was seven. She's always known that she could walk. And she's even asked things as she started getting older, like, well, could I go to physical therapy so I can walk better? Because you have me sit in a chair all the time. I don't walk very well. You know, I can walk, but, you know, you don't let me. So it's kind of stunted here. Uh And she would be like, no, 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 no. And basically closed her off from the outside world, closed her away from her father. Like, it's just horrible what she put this poor girl through. Uh But this girl decides that there's no way she can get away from her mother if her mother's alive. And she convinces her boyfriend that she met online, who horribly, he has Asperger's, but he also has a multiple personality disorder. And he basically will do anything for this girl. And he, so he comes in and they murder her. Well, she, she, it's one of those debated, like, did she murder her mother? Because she didn't actually do it. Uh But she asked him to and said that was the only way. And so it's this documentary about the whole thing. They mm-hmm. interview people that were close friends of Dee Dee and Gypsy. That, and, mm-hmm. like, they, as the story started coming out, and they realized that, like, she could walk this whole time. Like, they felt duped as well. Apparently, mm-hmm. Habitat for Humanity built them a home. 
They they went on like Make a Wish Disney trips. What are you? Oh my doing? god! Oh yeah, I'm, it's like, oh yeah, it's like unreal what like this mother the links this mother went to. So it led Gypsy to believing that murder was the only option. Um, and I feel really bad for the young man involved because I think he loved her so much that he doesn't see what he did was wrong. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a mental delay there because uh, I'm and people know, if you know me, you know, I'm not saying Asperger's means you have a, a mental delay, but you can tell with his, mm-hmm. that's just his, his basic diagnosis, but he obviously has more going on than like mm-hmm. what I am a parent of. And especially with the multiple personalities, but like, so this guy is in jail. Um, he's in prison to this day. Um, I think he's still, as of the day that they did the documentary, he was still waiting for his actual like trial. Mm-hmm. Um, she has done, she made a plea deal basically and explained everything. And mm-hmm. they thought uh, based on everything, all, all of the information that they have, she was not given as harsh of a punishment because they feel like it was already like such a harsh punishment. It was, right. I mean, she was given so much medication that she lost her teeth. They rotted oh out of her head. God. Like it is like. Like she's been through like, enough. <laughs> she had been through enough. And yeah. what was really sad is one of her friends, because one of her friends was like, I thought we were close. Why didn't she feel like she could talk to me? And she explains why. And, but what was really, really sad about all of it is her friend that they interviewed during all this, she said, she feels like, like after Gypsy was sent to jail, she was able to contact her again and she called her and she accepted the calls and she talks to her on occasion. And she was telling her, I've actually made friends in here. Mm-hmm. People actually listen to me. I feel like I'm taking, like I can be, I can be myself. They're teaching me how to do my hair and how to do my makeup. And she said, what's really sad is I think this was the best thing for her. It's like she yeah. got to, she got a second chance at life. It's like, she's like, it's almost like she's just off at college. Yeah. She's yeah. not saying she didn't get a harsh enough punishment. She's saying like, this poor girl went through like so much that jail is a better, it's sad jail. when prison, it's, yeah. and it's not just jail, it's prison. Like right. it's sad when prison is better than the life that you had because of what your parent was doing to you. Yeah. That's it's fucked just, up. It's fucked up, but it's, it's like, like I said, I think it's like two hours long because I pay for the, if you don't mind commercials. And honestly, there weren't very many at all. Mm. Um, it's called Gypsy's Revenge. Mm-hmm. And even though it's, you can Google and find out all that information that I just told you mm-hmm. and that tells you what happens, it's, it's a true crime thing. So you kind of, it's easy to already know what happens. Right. I highly recommend if you like true crime or you know anything about the story or you'd ever heard it. Because I'd heard about it but didn't know like some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is just insane what this girl went through. Like, I can't even imagine the person that you think is. It's like she said, she thought her mom was her best friend and the person right. that loved her and cared about her. And so she's like forcing her to have IVs and body parts, like internal parts removed and just, ah, uh, removed. Like, what are these doctors that went along with this nonsense? So part of it that worked out for them to where they agreed to it is they um, were part of Katrina. They were Katrina victims. 
And so when they moved from Louisiana, they were they were moved on purpose because they didn't have anywhere to live. Mm-hmm. Um, now that was truth. That, that was one of the true stories, parts of the whole thing. A lot of it, and most of all, it's lies. But one of the truths is they really were part of Katrina and they were relocated to Missouri. So when they got to Missouri, um, they would, she would take her to the doctor and the doctors would ask, like, she'd be like, she's diagnosed with A, B, C, D, blah, blah, blah. This is the treatments here. I brought the bags of medicine. So she's got all the medicine and stuff. And they're like, um, okay, well, what about records? And she's like, well, that was all destroyed. And uh-huh. I both know that, yeah, that was, yeah. all destroyed. that was, I mean, yeah, people are like, there were paper records. St- yeah, there were still paper records at that time. And, you know, servers that the records were on the servers, they're gone. So some doctors went ahead with it. And there's even one that he at first went along with it and was like, okay, well, I need to do an MRI. I can't just become her neurologist without doing these checkups and stuff. And then he came right. back and was like, there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing wrong with her and apparently she like left and found a neurologist that would accept them and help like take care of stuff yeah it's just, it's just a it's a slippery slope and they even yeah. talk about that about how the how the system would even allow would fail her would fail right. gypsy because right. the medical system even failed her like who would there's some of these things that she went through especially even younger that it, when you're gonna you're gonna listen to it and you're gonna agree to like the tubes in her ears the adenoid removal yeah yeah our boys went through right. all of that adenoid removal tubes tonsils all of that right okay th- that all normal. sounded pretty normal to me she needed glasses she does really truly need glasses but she, they had like the special kids spectacle okay again pretty normal normal mm-hmm. But then you start talking about, like, she had a surgery to keep her from throwing up because her acid reflux was so bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, again, mm-hmm. it happens. But mm-hmm. then she had, like, muscle grafts where they remove part of your muscle to find out why you can't walk because she would not let her walk. So when they went to the doctor, these doctors truly did not believe she could walk because she, she wouldn't walk. Oh, my God. Walk. That is it's so just, fucked up. It's so, so insane that, like... I just don't understand. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to piggyback off that story and tell you about a movie that I watched on Hulu called Run. And Run is basically that story, uh, except that um, the girl, I don't think, could walk, but... It was probably as a result of her mother because her mother was keeping her sick. And, um, you know, keeping her isolated, you know, not abusing her, but like she, you know, her whole world was like her and her mom. Like, yeah. And very, very similar than already. Yeah. And so this has Sarah Paulson in it, who is amazing. She is. She's phenomenal. Uh, so it's a really great, um, tense movie um the watching the realization of the girl the teenage girl in the wheelchair watching her realize what her mother has been doing to her you know and um she fights back and the ending is very satisfying and it's a it's a real sort of fucked up watch uh (laughs) it's not i mean 
honestly. It's not based on a true story or anything, but I was about to this ask shit you does happen. <laughs> from somewhere, because I mean, now that I told you that, and it is a real, because that was a documentary that really happened. Like, it makes you wonder if they took inspiration from the horrible things that happened, or... Oh, I'm sure they did. Um, but that, that's definitely, it's like an hour and 30 minutes, so it's like pretty quick watch. But so yeah. I've been on a kick of these Hulu horror films for whatever reason. Um, watching up, staying up late at night and watching these crazy ass <laughs> movies on Hulu. Because there's a ton. There's just like so many that I didn't even realize uh, were, were a thing. Um and they're all, like, done by Hulu, or were they just put on to Hulu? It, like? A lot of them are the um, um, Blumhouse movies. Uh-huh, so they have, uh-huh. like, they, they have a whole, like, series of horror films on Hulu um, with known actors, known directors, all under the Blumhouse. Blum, am I saying it right? Well, yeah. yeah, I think Blumhouse. I believe okay. that's true. Uh, all under that like banner, so th- sort of the same vibe. But there's some actually decent crap on here um, for fun horror. Okay. Another one that I really liked was called Mom and Dad. Um, uh-huh. This was a really fucked up movie because the whole premise of it is that something happens to adults. You kind of see it as like a static or like a noise that Uh the adults will hear at some random point in the day and then that fucks with their brain and makes them want to kill their children oh i think i saw the preview for this just their children just their own yeah we have a real theme going on for this episode but uh mystery and not makeup because we're not bailey Syrian. sorry it has nick cage in it it has Selma oh, Blair in it. I did see the preview for this. Jerry and I were like, what? It's awesome. You have to watch it. Um, Nick Cage going ape shit is absolutely magical. Like, he has this one scene about halfway through that is just next level. Like, oh my god. I was freaking the fuck out watching this movie. Because it's just crazy. Like, Do the parents... Explain why you only want to kill your own children and not no, just children in general. There's not really an explanation. It's sort of like um, a Shaun of the Dead in that they tell the story through the media, like news or whatever, okay. like through the radio. You know, people are trying to figure out what's happening. And then when it hits them, they just want to kill their child. And do they come out of this? Or is it like, no? I'll just or leave tell it. me that that ruins it. Yeah, you can't know that, really. So, um, but there's some obvious trigger warnings here. Uh, you know, it's gory. There's one scene that I will just call it the birthing scene. Because on this day, uh, Selma Blair, who is married to Nick Cage, her sister is giving birth. And... This will either sell you on the movie or not, just depending on how you feel about horror films. So, okay. so she gives birth to the baby. She's still connected to the baby. And then the umbilical s- cord? Yes. Okay. And she's holding her and she's just brand new, right? Everybody's freaking out, everybody's crying and stuff. Selma Blair's there. And then Selma Blair sees like static like on the monitors in the in the hospital room. Yeah. And then you see like the new mom. You see, like, 
the change in her face. Oh. And then I, I did exactly what you did. I went, no, 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 no. Because she's holding her and she's, and then I'm just like, and so Selma Blair goes, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're holding her too tight. And she has to wrestle the baby from her. I was losing my absolute shit. And that luckily she saves her. Okay. You, oh my God. She saves her. I will. My heart is like, that. I don't know why you're watching it. Oh my God. It's, it's bat shit. Like craziness. Like, I'm um, having a small like panic attack during this. Yes. Like, so, some, some people will not want to watch that. But some people will. Um, so they just really push like a lot of boundaries in this movie. And then, you know, th- they give the characters a lot of pathos and sort of like if you're a parent, there's some part of you that goes, um, I could see somebody snapping like this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, like all my bad days, you're like, um, damn that movie. <laughs> like it makes like you would never ever ever do it but it makes sense basically right it makes saying. sense yes I think. Um, so anyway just crazy you you have to watch that and then text me immediately okay well you gotta watch the gypsies thing and just okay. hear it all like it is just crazy wow do you have anything else for TV um Honestly, the only other thing is a few years ago, and I think I've mentioned this before, I got like way behind on the NCIS Los Angeles one. Because mm-hmm. um, I think you remember the night I was like, fuck this shit. Because like uh, football, even though I love football, it had pushed it back. And so DVR had recorded and it was already like 45 minutes into it. And I was so angry. So, and it kept doing that for like several weeks because they kept going into over, like, they kept having overtime and stuff. So, I like temporarily stopped watching it because I was like, well, now I'm like a whole two seasons behind. So I decided to start back at the beginning. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of doing a rewatch of that. Yeah. Some of it I'm like, oh, I remember this episode. Don't remember that episode. Okay, I remember that happening. Don't remember it happening that way. Like in season one, somebody dies way before I thought they did. Mm. Like I remember this person dying in season one. I just for some reason thought, it, well, I remember them dying. I just for some reason didn't think it happened until season two. So I'm rewatching that. Which is kind of cool. And I'm read, I'm watching it through that, um, uh, one of the app things that we use where you go on there and you, so you, sometimes I have subtitles <laughs> that, like, mm-hmm. I don't need. Like, they're right. another language. Yeah. Um, but the, I, it really shows you the quality of TV, how it has increased between when that show first came out and now. Because, like, some of these movie shows, I'm like, man, this is a little grainy or, huh, this is a little dark. Like, yeah. Yeah. But we're so spoiled now. Right, right. Oh. But yeah, I'm just rewatching that. Um, I don't know why I decided to do that now, but I was like, why not? But I, I don't. And some days, like, I won't touch it for like days, and then other days, right. I watch like four episodes. Like, yeah, that's fine. You know, why not? So I need to ask where you're at on um, the Mandalorian. Oh, I or... totally finished that. Oh, okay. God. no, no, I am done. I, and the only reason I didn't mention that one is because I feel like, and we, we can talk about it though. Okay. I, I was like, one, I think you're called up all the way. And then two, I was like, has everybody talked about this already? I don't know. But yes, go for it because I am totally caught up. So I finished it last night and 
I was emotionally devastated and it wrecked me. Um, I don't know why I didn't see that coming. Like, obviously, right. obviously, right. that's what the fuck was going to happen. Okay. And Do we want to spoil it and tell people that they need to, like, fast forward if, if yes. they haven't uh, watched it? Okay. So, yeah. yeah. We're going to Go ahead and fast forward. We are spoiling The Mandalorian Season 2 if you have not finished it. First off, get it together. And second off, like, you know, just skip forward. I don't know how much, but skip forward. <laughs> Did you cry at the end of it? Um, I did. I I cried. Okay, so we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So I'm sitting there, and everybody kept telling me, because, you know, we've already been introduced to Ahsoka this mm-hmm. season. Like, we'd already been introduced to her. And she's my all-time favorite character mm-hmm. of Star Wars franchise. All-time mm-hmm. favorite. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought at first... Maybe she was coming back. Like, maybe maybe she's coming back because we had her, like, what, a few episodes before that? Mm-hmm. And I hit this point where we're all sitting there watching it, and everybody's like, who is that? What is that? And I'm like, <gasps> Like, I knew it was, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I got all excited. I cried, though, when Mando takes off his helmet. Yes. After all that, I cried when Mando took off his helmet and, like... Yeah, I was like, I can't handle this shit. I can't handle this. The look on Grogu's face, I, I, I was just, it was just bad. Like, I was ugly sobbing. Like, it I was just, Caden was even crying. He was like, no, no, Mando. Caden was like, Mando, I don't want to weave you. I was like, oh my God, I can't handle this. I bonded so deeply with Grogu during the show like i would literally die for i would lay down my life i would i would sacrifice by myself and of course i want him to find his you know his people and be with the jedi and be be trained but the ripping away from mando was just just a nightmare and th- that has even nothing to do with luke skywalker of it all no you know? i just i just want to hold him and yeah, i just like, want just i just want to just <sighs> i can't i can't like i just love him i love him so much <laughs> i'm glad i'm not alone in this i know i'm not but like i just no. had this real i think it's like a parental bond Honestly, because you like you are a parent, and when we meet him, he's an orphan, mm-hmm. and Mando was an orphan. Mm-hmm. And at first, it's like it's like everything every parent does, where they're like, "No, stop touching me! No, stop touching me!" <laughs> and you're like, "But I don't want you to leave me! Like I don't want you to leave me." But their relationship you. was so amazing. Yeah. How Mando was with him, and. You know how gutted he was when um, the guy kidnapped him. Yoda napped him. Grogu napped him. But baby napper. Baby napped. I, I don't know. I just. Like, I, and just I thought Rosario Dawson was fucking awesome. I was upset at first, not because I don't love Rosario Dawson, but you know I'm a huge fan of 
Ashley Eckstein, who actually helped create the character of Ahsoka Tano. She voices her in all of the cartoons. She voiced her in, because, uh, you know, when Ray's hearing the voices of all the Jedi's past in, in the movie that came out a couple years ago, she's her voice is even in that as Ahsoka. And so I was really, really bummed when they didn't offer it to Ashley Eckstein. But I do know she's not an actress. She, I mean, she kind of is, but she's, um, I think she actually has an IMDb and is considered an actress. I think she studied to be an actress. Um, but I was really, really bummed out. But Rosario Dawson actually has very striking features to play this mm-hmm. character, like her jawline mm-hmm. and just the demeanor, because Ahsoka is more of just like a kind of dry demeanor kind of person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought she did, she did an amazing job, but I will say I was at first a little disappointed because I just felt like the person that helped create this character and has always been this character should have been the character. But right, right, I can um, see that. Um, yeah, I don't know much about uh, that character, but I I have always kind of thought that she was like that, you know, sort of she, reserved and like sort of it's a badass. Yeah, yeah, but she, quietly badass. badass. Yeah. Totally badass. There, okay, so there's a book that Ashley Eckstein actually narrates on Audible um, that is about Ahsoka. And she, it's I think it's actually considered a YA book, but like she rips people, like, oh, bare hand, like, oh, rips someone. Yes! Like, I'm going to add that to my Goodreads. She also believes in, like, she has a very, like, right and wrong. Like, mm-hmm. she believes in this code of like what's right and what as you, as you saw how she yeah. saw that the people those people were being treated yeah um she has a very defined like this is right and this is wrong so yeah she's she's just a badass another episode that i wanted to talk to you about was the i think it was like the first one or the second one the one with Tim and timothy oliphant in it as the Her little one. Yeah, I think I made him my nerd eye candy briefly after. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow, yeah. Um, he's he was real good, but like I, that that whole episode was very Doctor Who for me. Um, and yes. I don't I don't know if you would recall the one where Matt Smith's doctor goes to the Wild West town, and there is an alien sheriff, and there isn't some sort of alien bounty hunter or something in that I episode. Think so. Yeah. yeah, so it was like, uh, I loved it. You know, I, I thought that that gave it like a real quirkiness. Um, so much of The Mandalorian to me is kind of quirky and weird, right? It seems a little bit of the offbeat from the normal big Disney Star Wars machine. You know what I mean? Even though it's very commercialized, it doesn't feel that way when you're yeah, watching no, it. Uh, it feels very small scale to me, um, even though it's very Star Wars. This may be, in my opinion, like the best part of Star Wars. Like I know that sounds really bad, but like it is, it has become my top tier Star Wars. I will say, as much as I loved it, there I, one of the issues that I had was um, how it felt like a video game. Like, all the dialogue felt like you were watching a cutscene from a video game, and then all the char- a lot of the characters that he meets along the way feel like NPCs, like, help me with this mission, or whatever, and, like, you'll do this and I'll lead you on the way. Like, it just felt like um, some of those 
characters were very shallow and like they needed to be fleshed out a little bit more yeah they're just very obvious um just points on the road for him to 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 lead him to the next thing that he needs to do um which is fine but it, it was just quite um i don't know lacked some depth in, in, I wonder uh, if in the dialogue I wonder if we'll get more of those people in season three. You know how, like, so we got yeah. Sarah Dune in right. one, and then she came back in two for more. Right. right. Um. So she was a little bit more fleshed out than the rest of them. So I wonder if maybe it was just, like, a brief introduction, especially because they're going to have this spinoff show that will focus more on Boba and his sidekick there. Right. Um, so I wonder if maybe it was more of they did that kind of on purpose because they didn't have time to go into an in-depth story. Um, and they wanted to just kind of introduce you to, like, kind of kind of grab you. Yeah. And then, uh, like, I, bringing back Bill Burr's character and explaining more about yes, him. Yes. I really, really liked that episode as, as well. Especially when, like, he, he just, he was like a scoundrel. That's all he really was before. And when they bring him back at first and they were so in the previously on. And because they pulled stuff from season one to show you, like, how they were bringing this guy back. And I was like, what? I mean, okay, Bill, I thought they put... You know, Bill Burr in just to put Bill Burr in because he actually is. Oh, he's a huge Star Wars fan and he's very knowledgeable of the franchise. Right. Right. But he's also friends with um, John Favreau. So I right. thought maybe it was just another like, okay, so when they were bringing him back at first of the season, I was like, uh. But when they gave him such a backstory of like why he left, mm-hmm. um, like why he's not a trooper anymore and mm-hmm. what happened and his anger for that, like, I really enjoyed that episode. When he shot that guy, I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I was I did not like the inconsistency of the length of the episode. I will say that. Um, so like one week it was forty five minutes long, another week it was twenty four minutes long. Or thirty four, yes. Yeah, they were like twenty four, thirty four. It was a very short. Like there really? were this yeah, there was one week at I noticed that. Yeah, I did only because I I was I think it's like week two or three where I was like, man, that seems to have gone gone really quickly. Um, And it was just very odd. And that's when we noticed like, you know, last year or last season, I want to say they were all, Mm -hmm. you know, 45 minutes to an hour long. And this time they were inconsistent. I don't know if that was filming, because if you remember, they came out last they came out last year in. November-ish time frame, I think. When well, when Disney Plus launched, so they would have been recording season two in COVID times because COVID hit essentially, you know, for in March. So I was also wondering if maybe it had something to do with that. If they did, you know, and and the story, I don't feel like necessarily the story lacked. It just. I don't know. I felt it was just a little bit inconsistent with the, just my opinion. I mean. What did you think? I also sort of had an issue with the scene where he first removes his helmet. Um, when they're doing the infiltrating with Bill Burr. And when he tells him, Bill Burr's like, no, man, I'll do it because you, you have to remove your helmet. And he's like, yeah. no, I've got this. I think there's going to be more to that story because it doesn't explain everything. Like he should not have been able to do that. Right. Like he should not have been able to remove his helmet and use the system. Like he shouldn't have been able to. 
I think that they managed to avoid that when Bill Burr came in there. Um, but I just had a whole, I guess I just wanted, I guess I just felt like it took away a little bit at the end when he finally shows Grogu his face. Well, because I, I feel like that should have been it for us. Like, we didn't get that first face moment, you know? I think I think part of him removing it at that point served a couple of purposes. Um, one, he had to. Um, and two, I think he's starting to question things. Because, you know, we've met the other Mandalorians who have said, oh, wow, you're one of them. Meaning you're from that weird cult-like group. Um, which essentially he was raised. And Caden and then asked me a lot of questions about, well, if they're, these Mandos are so different, blah, blah, blah. And then we had a whole discussion about, like, if you grew up that way, you wouldn't know any different. You wouldn't know that it was weird or wrong or that you, your group was in the wrong or in the right. Because you would just believe that. Um, and so I think that there was also showing that he was starting to maybe question the way he was raised. Um, in some ways, I could understand feeling like it took away from that moment with Grogu, but to me, it didn't. It didn't take away from. Like I understand you saying like it did for you, but to me, it didn't because I felt like it was at that moment. Like before, he was like, "Fuck, I have to. This is what I have to do to get the kid back. This is what I have to do." And then he was also on that like, "I'm starting to question things." And then at the end, when we see him just finally take it off for Grogu, it. I think he's realized at that moment, like. Maybe, maybe this is more important, meaning me and Grogu. Maybe this is more important. The future is more important. Like, I think that's when it hit him. Mm. But I think it was an introductory into showing you that he's questioning things. He's starting to. Okay. Well, that's wonder. Yeah. Like that's just my I like thought. I could be wrong. It could never come up again. But. Um, also, what did you think of the Dark Troopers? I was like, well. I, if I'm not mistaken, and I haven't watched it in a while, but the Clone Wars cartoon show, which is um, actually heavy, um, heavily brought up in this. And that's another thing I like about The Mandalorian is it brings up all facets of Star Wars universe. It talks about things that happen to the books, the comics, and it brings them all together. Um, I want to say that this, uh, this is something that they were already trying on there or was they were trying to make happen. Um I thought it was really cool, though, that he was like, oh, we found the missing link and we've made the, the good dark troopers. But watching them still get crumpled to the ground. I, was like, I, thought, they were, I thought they were badass, man. I uh, did, too. But, and then uh, I was like, oh, my God. Like, watching them getting crumpled to the ground was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It but was. it opens up a whole new door because they said... But it does, I, I, I want to say, and, and there's so many saying where so and you're wrong, and I, I may be. I'm just, I can't remember right now yeah. perfectly, but I want to say that this type of trooper was actually, uh, came from the Clone Wars cartoons, or the, uh, yeah, which Disney Plus will recommend when you finish. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you should watch this. And it actually, I know it's a cartoon, but it's actually pretty excellent. Yeah, I've um, heard it's really good. Um, it is, and if you want to know more about Ahsoka and the dark yeah. saber and, and all of those things that come up in Mandalorian, that's where they yeah. came from. So yeah. I heard you go over there for sure. So the dark saber stuff was cool. I thought yeah. Katie Sackoff was really good. Like I she her to another science fiction world. Like yes. she queen, science fiction queen. She was amazing. I even really liked Sasha Banks. Um, 
I don't know why we couldn't get an actress to do that, but I mean, it's fine. I mean, her. I agree, but but again, her character didn't have very many lines and yeah. was more kick ass and like take yeah. names. Yeah. So I didn't have a problem with her in there, but I agree with you. Like, why her? Kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, I don't know if maybe because everything went really, really well with um. My brain has gone totally dead. I love her too. Uh, but with the police car, Dune. Oh, um, yeah, Gina. Gina Carano. Okay, I don't know if maybe this things had gone well with Gina Carano, and they and Sasha was like, oh, well, let's do this too. I, I honestly, there was, if you were just gonna get another um, wrestling female, I, there's one I would have picked more, but okay. Uh, maybe she knows somebody like. And maybe she's friends. You know, John Favreau has his hands in everything. He's friends with like everyone. Like he literally is. The man is like friends with everybody. So I don't know. Maybe she was. You know, sometimes they say, "Oh, we knew we wanted that person for this role." I don't know. I'm with you. I think they could have picked somebody else, and it would have been just as good or better. But for her role, she didn't have any lines. She was just like a bruiser, basically. She was the bruiser in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I. Like I had another specific question. So Dark Saber. Yeah, Dark Saber. Clones. Sasha Banks. Helmet. Um I really liked um the fight scenes I thought were really good. I thought they were very well done. Yeah. Um all the space space, you know, like flying stuff was really good. It looks um, really good. Visually it's it very, does. It looks it looks really it does not look too cheesy. It's very um not sci-fi, you know, sci-fi has that veneer, but I feel like this show has a lot of physical, um, practical yes. stuff in it that, that sort of makes it feel more real. Um, I agree. And that they kind of keep the other stuff to a, a minimum, I think. Like that, that B-rate stuff to. that you find in most science fiction. Right. Exactly. It's not there. It's more clean and crisp and um and like just refined, basically. Well, did you get spoiled on um Luke coming back, or did you get surprised? So I did not get spoiled. Um, so I was surprised, but I figured it out pretty quickly. Because if you yeah. know anything, then yeah, you, then you figured it out pretty quickly. Yeah. Unfortunately, poor Jerry. The morning before we watched it. Because this is right before we went into, like, crazy lockdown here. So we were doing, you were allowed to be with up to so many people. Mm-hmm. And um, we had two guys each to come over and watch it. Um, so we'd do it, like, on Friday or Saturday night. And they would come over and we would all eat dinner. And we'd watch Mandalorian because he was around him at work all day anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, it does, you know, it's already people that, it, right. anyway, they don't have significant others or, or anything right. like that. So it's not like they're around anybody else. So we would watch it with them. And Jerry, I guess that day before we watched it, um... It was like the main, it was like in the headline for the story in his Google feed. Ugh. Like it was in the, in the headline. And he that was like, sucks. what the fuck? Yeah. You know, most people will say like spoilers or, or they'll yeah. be like, who do you think is coming yeah. tonight? Or yeah. something like that. But it was actually in the headline. And he was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, have a little decency when you're writing an article on something. On a show that just came out the day before or the day of. Like, why would you do that? Like, it just seemed... Like, as someone that spoils things for people, as we do here, we, we give warnings, right? We give, yeah. we give you a warning. If I, and I've written articles before, when I write an article, if I'm going to spoil something, I let someone know. 
that was just this like is not new. For. Like there's no excuse for this anymore. Right. Like everybody yeah. knows it's just a thing now. Um, Horrible journalism. But anyway, so Jerry got Jerry knew. Yeah, um, I did not, and he actually didn't tell any of us. He was very good with not telling. That's good. He was mad that he got spoiled. He thought that was really. Oh, rude. I was mad too. I got spoiled. Oh, you got spoiled as well yeah. by someone or by yeah by my husband. <gasps> I was like, I was like just looking at Twitter, and I was like, "Dang!" So everybody says there's a lot of um, spoilers about the Mandalorian on Twitter, and then he goes, "Yeah," and then he says it, and I'm like, "What the fuck, man? Why would you do that?" So yeah. Oh. Anyway, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it, though, and I thought the CGI was way better than the CGI. I don't know why, but I felt it was better than what they tried to pull off in the movie. Yeah. Remember yeah. that de-aging yeah. CGI that they tried in the last movie? I thought it was done better. You can tell. Mm-hmm. You can tell, but I thought it was done better. It was good. But now this leads a whole slew of questions, by the way. So, if you follow this timeline correctly, with him being the age that he is when he shows up for Grogu, Mm -hmm. and he's taking him where he is, Mm -hmm. that means that Ben, because he's Ben still, he's not Kylo yet, which doesn't spoil anything. That should be figured out by him. Ben would, if you remember, one of his students, he killed, like, the whole Jedi, all the Jedi kids in that place. Right. So, if that is where they were still going. a thing, which he said they're not changing the continuity. Mm-hmm. If that's the thing, does that mean Grogu fucking dies in this thing, in this Jedi temple? Or, or, is he, like, away from there or kept himself safe somehow mm-hmm. when that happened? That was, like, immediately one of mine and Jerry's first conversations with each other. He was like, wait, time out. Based on the age that Luke is, and based on when this would happen in the timeline, Ben would be studying at that same Jedi temple with Grogu. Well, that gives me immediate anxiety, and I cannot stand it. And I know, right? But um, it's, it's yeah, so there's that to think about. And then I also have questions about Mando and the Darksaber. Okay. Well, he can't just willingly give it over, which he yeah. tried to do. Right. It's his now. Which it I did. thought was very Harry Potter as well. Um, oh, you know, I didn't think yeah, about that. With the Elder Wand. Yeah, that's the first thing I so thought of. it's his now. Yeah. And he's questioning mm-hmm. the ways of the Mando. Mm-hmm. So by all rights right now, he he's, is in charge he's of the all the Mandalorians. Yeah. He is their leader. So... This opens up a whole new, do you think he goes and he tries to be the leader and, like, takes the ways of the of the actual group of Mandalorians mm-hmm. and not this group that he's grown up as, believing that they were truthful? Like, so I think season three may bring us a whole lot of the two of them separated. But if they don't, and Jerry even said this, he's like, if they don't obviously show you what's going on at the Jedi Temple with Grogu, then you're going to have people, like, unsubscribe from Disney+. Plus. Like, uh, he yeah, he's like you cannot have Mandalorian. Like you cannot have this without having Grogu, Baby Yoda. I don't care. He's 100%. still Baby. Yoda. I know he yeah. has a name now, but like yeah. you cannot have this show this way. Yes, even if that's not what they originally intended for 
but you can't make a character like that and not intend for people to fall in love with them. I mean, dear God, like they're not no. dumb. But I'm hoping season three brings us answers to all of these questions, but shows us what both of them are doing. Because clearly he get I explained it to Caden. He's like, but he's gone. And I'm like, no, it's like he went to sleepaway camp. Like, I mean, if you think about it, it's like he yeah. went to a special camp for, it's like those camps that you used to go to all summer long for like mm-hmm. science or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Gurgo's a, Gurgo's a camp, essentially. Like, he's a Jedi camp. <laughs> yeah, he's a Jedi camp. He'll be back. Like, it's not a big deal. So, but right. I need them to show me what's going on on both aspects. Like, I need yes. that. Yes. Don't just like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this whole, like, I need, I don't know. I need this explained. Because there's, there's no way there's multiple Jedi temples and that he blew up this one and not that. Ah, yeah, yeah. So they, <laughs> they can't gloss over that, though, because then it would be like that never happened. And they said they were going to stay with the continuity of the storyline. So I just I need that. Well, um, did you watch Wonder Woman 84? I started it. Okay. And I just was not in the mindset for it at the moment. You know how like sometimes you're just like not in the moment for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, I have every intention of finishing it. I just wasn't in that night. I just ended up coming upstairs and reading. I just don't yeah. think I was in the TV mood. I and I'll I'll say so. I got up to. Like, I've been introduced to, oh, crap, her name. Uh, Cheetah? She, well, she's not Cheetah yet. But Barbara. I knew. But yeah. I, I knew. Yeah. So I've seen Pedro Pascal. I've mm-hmm. met Cheetah. You've been introduced to her. Um, but it's like the morning. Oh, the, where I kind of ended is where she, she doesn't know that this, her wish, something has actually right. taken place. Right. And everybody suddenly is, like, bending over backwards for her and stuff. Yeah. So that's where I was like, okay, I'm going to pause this. I'll come back to it later. Because we also had to pause it for another reason. I don't remember why, but I needed to pause the TV anyway. Anyway, clean up. Something made a mess. Yeah. Anyway. And I just didn't go back to it. And I'm honest. I hope it gets better. I'm not saying it was bad. But I hope it gets better. Because I honestly was not engaging in it. Like, I was playing with my phone. And, like, yeah. I have been told... By a lot of people, though, that they felt that the mid-credits scene was the best that they had ever come across. So Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of people liked that. It was really good. Um, okay. But I did a review on this one with Tim and Andy um, for Place Nation Pop. And so we talked about all that. But I want to talk about it with you. Okay. So next time... Okay, I'll Wonder finish Woman it. Review. I can do that. I can do yeah. that. I'll finish it for you. All right. Um, is that all you have for TV? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. You've been listening to any podcasts? Because you actually usually recommend some really good ones. So do you have any new ones? Let me look. Um, so I've been listening to those books. So a little bit behind on... Yeah, when you're listening to audiobooks, it seems like your podcast, especially when you're not like, I know for me, like before I would listen while driving, mm-hmm. um, I don't drive anymore, but I do have to walk the dogs. I don't drive at all anymore. <laughs> like, at all. Um, I'm actually not allowed to, but. Yeah. Um, uh, but I listen to I-, I walk the dogs and stuff. 
Did I tell you already about Old Gods of Appalachia? You did not. So please tell me what this is while I pull up mine. It's like a story set um, in like the backwoods Appalachia country that touches on like folklore elements. Um, okay. It's it's entirely scripted audio drama. Okay. Um, and so it's done in podcast form, but it's an audio drama. It is. It's not a like what we do. It's no, it's an actually, no, okay. no. It's a, like a performance, and um, it's very um, just a lot of supernatural elements, witches and demons. But they build it all very atmospherically um, with this southern sort of mysticism type thing you know like the so, like southern gothic kind of yeah sort of like know? a southern gothic okay. but like uh you know but set um in the past okay um so you get all these like uh family stories you know from the from the places there and um it 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 spans generations and times um they do a lot of like live their offshoots so it's quite um nebulous as far as okay. not streamlined um one episode, two episode, three episode. Um, they put like 0.5 episodes in there to tell you a little bit about this guy or go off on this direction. Okay. Um, but they so they have their tangents in between their main bulk episodes. Yeah. So maybe this yeah. one is really long and this one's episode like three, but then there's well, there, a 3.5 that might explain more in detail something from that story. Is that is well, that what I'm getting? Well, lengthwise, they're all about the same, about half hour, 45 minutes. Oh, okay. Um, it's just where they go in the story and how it fits in with the larger story. Okay, so it'd be almost like a book and then a novella and then a book and a novel. It'd be like sort that. Sort of like that, yeah. Um, because if you meet a character in the main story, they might do a point five to tell you about that whole character's backstory. And then they'll bring you back into the main story. Oh, I like that. Um, yeah, it's quite detailed. It's a lot, um, but it's really well done. Um, it's pretty scary. Um, How many episodes does it break down into? Oh, let's see. So the last number episode was 17. And okay. then they have two other um, like hour, half hour episodes. One's called The Holiest Days of Bone and Shadow. And then an interlude, The Scenic Route. So is so, this a recurring or is it completed? Um, it's not done, so okay. There, okay. Um, there was a gap in between um, seasons, so this is technically okay. season two. But like I said, um, if you just scroll on their feed, it's like what? But well, if you listen to it, it all makes sense. Okay, okay. It sounds really good. That's one I'm gonna have to add to my list. And oh, and they have on, a. Oh, I was just gonna ask: Is it um, is it a podcast that can be found anywhere, or like? And I'm only asking that because recently I've gotten I paid more attention to Spotify. I didn't use Spotify as much in, in the past because I had uh, Pandora and Amazon Music. But I've been using Spotify because I don't have to turn on my VPN um, or any of that, and I use it for like sleep music and and things. But I, I noticed the other day it was recommending podcasts to me that are only available on Spotify. Like you cannot get anywhere else. So is it from something like that, or is it like to your knowledge accessible anywhere? It should be pretty um pretty accessible. I listen to it on um what do I listen to it on? Pod addict. Pod podcast oh. addict. Podcast addict. Um. And it's called Old Gods of Appalachia. 
Uh, it has really cool artwork too with every episode, and um, excellent soundscapes, music type stuff. Shit, I was just gonna say. Oh, they're online, uh, so they have a Facebook group that okay. is pretty tight knit. It reminds me of uh, Real Life Ghost Stories, um, sort of internet community. I am growing more and more um, on these, like, not not to cut you off, but, like, I'm growing more and more. A lot of podcasts are creating, like, Facebook groups or even Discord channels right. that yeah. I, I am, like, I kind of love this versus, like, following. And, and I still follow, like, you know, Real Life Ghost Stories, Emma, and all of them on, like, Instagram. But, right. like... And it's really growing on me having uh, like a Facebook group. Like, I know we we have one for place to be and, and not just place. It's pretty much everybody. It's like everybody from Jenny Position and Place to Be Nation, Place to Be Nation Pop. And we're all in this group together along with listeners and stuff. And I really enjoy things like this more. I think it allows you to like converse and feel like you are part of the conversation. Like Emma and Dan have the Facebook group mm-hmm. for Life Ghost Stories. Um, then Guide to the Unknown has a Discord channel. They do have a Facebook group, but they also have a Discord. Mm-hmm. And it's really growing on me. At first, I was like, why do you want to be in like all these different groups for all these podcasts you listen to? But you actually meet more like-minded people, basically. Yeah. It's really interesting. So if, if any of the podcasts that, that somebody listens to uh, has one of those, I highly suggest it because especially like Real Life Ghost Stories, they recommend books and movies and TV shows and other podcasts. Because clearly, if you're interested in this, you mm-hmm. would also be interested in these other things. I think it's really cool. Like it's a like we were talking about earlier, all of the things at your fingertips to entertainment-wise, and I right. think you know that's one that people maybe don't consider as often. What about you? Um. So I've talked about Guide to the Unknown, and I mentioned them a few minutes ago. I think I have talked about them before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So in my hunt and when I was in my in-depth like listening to so I watch Bailey Syrian all the time on YouTube I know you do too and then listen to the guide guide to the unknown and while following those I somehow found this girl on YouTube that she's been a YouTuber for a really long time so I don't know how I found her before but her name is Kendall Ray Uh and when she first started she just talked about like basic life stuff like she do like clothes hauls and makeup and talk about life and she's actually extremely interested in like conspiracy theories and spiritual stuff and murder mysteries and just various things and I have devoured like all of her YouTube channel and Mm -hmm. I found out that her and her husband actually have a podcast um, where they also talk um, about conspiracy theories and murder mysteries and just different things called um, the Mile Higher podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and each week they just kind of talk about different stuff. So just to pull, I just pulled up a random one. I haven't listened to this one yet, but this one, in fact, from October, it's an unsolved case called the Darting Family Massacre. So it's just very, it's her, Kendall and Josh, and they talk about like different things like this. And you can actually watch it on YouTube or you can listen to it in podcast form. And I find her highly entertaining. Um, she has actually gone on on her YouTube channel and she has a few episodes that she does that they are gut-riching in the sense that she actually had family reach out to her about different cold cases or different mm-hmm. cases where the outcome just didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And she has done 
podcast or um, YouTube shows slash podcast about um, these different murders. And there was one recently that she brought a lot of attention to because the sister reached out to her and has been brought tons of attention to since this young lady died. And they, it's recently been solved because of all the attention that's been brought to it. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I I find that amazing. She mm-hmm. is very charismatic and she's very caring and like you can tell she cares deeply about these people that she talks mm-hmm. about. Um, and there was a story I found on her. Um, I've talked about the Helen Gone podcast before, which is actually an iHeartRadio production. And each mm-hmm. season on Helen Gone, they talk about a different um, cold case or, um, or unexplained murder. And I found out about one from Kendall. It's the Mitrice Richardson case. Um, a young lady that she was acting really erratic at a Malibu restaurant. They called the police and said, "Can we, we think she, either she's off her medication or she's on medication or she's drunk or something. Can you pick her up? She gets taken to the police department. Her mom calls and is like, are you keeping her? Mm-hmm. Um and they say end up releasing her in the middle of the night at this police department that is like out in the middle of nowhere. It's not lit up. And days later she's found dead and she apparently was murdered oh, shortly shit. after being released from the police department. So she talks about it in such a way that she like, you could tell she genuinely feels for this family. Mm-hmm. And I like how that she does that. It's like, she does it in a very human, like, way like Uh that's not the right word but she doesn't like a caring like she's not just like here I'm gonna tell you about this gruesome mystery you know like she's right right this way of like really making you like she humanizes the the victim basically and Uh she I don't know it makes sometimes it makes it harder but it, it it's amazing what she does. And then she um, she does have where you can, like, make donations and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I would think what is so amazing about her. And then she has another podcast with her cousin called The Sesh. And I have just, like, dove into her YouTube channel and both of her podcasts. She works very uh, closely with Thorne, which is the um, Demi Moore, Ashton Kutcher. Um, they created this organization to help. Um, human trafficking to help bring oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to fund mm-hmm. fund human trafficking to keep it from happening, especially children where children are concerned. They're very big on like protecting our children and making sure your children are safe. And it's a phenomenal organization. Um, but she does a lot of things where all the proceeds go to Thorn, and mm-hmm. so that to me is like an added layer of like you see this person that they they have merch. And mm-hmm. they do collabs with, like, jewelry companies and candle companies. And then you find out that the proceeds don't even go to her. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not even making money off of this. And I'm not downing anyone that does. Some people do this as a business to take care mm-hmm. of their family and feed their families. But she's found a way to make it profitable for something that is, like, a really, again, she's bringing that human emotion back into something that I think some of us who have loved talking about this stuff for a while, like, have you ever noticed, like, sometimes you've seen a little desensitized to, oh, like, yeah. and this murder happened. And I mean, you heard me like, talk earlier, so, yeah. I right, too, right? And I was just like, and I'm like, this yeah. when it's happening. I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Oh, what? You're right, so you're she right. Brings, she brings a sense of 
real and raw and emotion back into it that I just find truly engaging and it connects me more with the story. And a lot of times it's made me, like I said, I, Helen gone, I already listened to, and I would have listened to it if I, even if I, Kendra Ray hadn't introduced me to the story, but I didn't know about it. Like I've never heard about this, this story and it's horrible, horrible injustice that happened to this young lady and it's never been solved. Mm-hmm. But I think it makes people like, I, I don't know. And I think the work that she's doing for Thorne and the fact that she, there have now been cases solved that she's talked about and the Helen gone woman, cause you know, she is a private investigator and a criminal. Uh, she's a journalist and a private investigator, both. They both of them are doing amazing work and they have cases have been solved. And if you love anything like that, you're going to love these two women. And I think you should check them out. And Kendall Ray's, which is very real. Mm-hmm. She seems like somebody that she would, talk to you you know how when we find actors and actresses and we're like i bet they would be really cool in, mm-hmm. in real life yeah, yeah yeah i think she's genuinely herself on um on this podcast and on her youtube channel and i am obsessed with it like for real <laughs> i love it all right well you know what time it is i think what jennifer would be referring to is nerd eye candy of the moment. That would be it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I don't I don't think I could pick Grogu. I don't think that goes in the no. of uh, this award. So I'm gonna give it to um the Mandalorian. Oh, so wait, wait, okay. I need you to specify. Are you giving it to Pedro Pascal or are you yes. giving it to Mando as man as, as Mando? Um, well, I mean it's the same, but like I'm I'm thinking of his visor, not his face. Okay, then we're giving it to Mando. Mando. Not Pedro. Yes. Mando <laughs> <laughs> The Bascar armor is so hot. <laughs> It probably is really hot. Like, could you imagine? I'm going to walk around in pure best guy armor all day. What the fuck is wrong with you, Mando? You need to pull up that helmet. How can you not breathe? Jesus, do not pull up the helmet. Jenny's like, come this way. No, no leave your, your helmet on. Leave your helmet this on. This can go. Keep the yeah. helmet on. <laughs> no, I just, you know, he's so, like, he's so badass. Um funny is, you know just that yeah. dry wit um He's got that sarcasm that yeah like, so attractive you want to smack him but you also yeah. are like mm, yeah i'm digging this yeah digging this. um and then like his love you know and his attachment to grogu was just like so endearing i like i was just fully oh in love with them both um right. by the time it was over so gotta give it to old mando oh one of like the first time ever that I'm like I am torn. I don't know. Who it's not it. first time. Usually that is me though. But I usually know though. Like yeah, I usually go into this and I'm like, yeah, or yeah. Ago, and then as soon as we go, I, like, I know somebody else that looks like Jerry. Is there anybody else? I think you named them all. <laughs> if you're new here, and you're probably not, <laughs> Jenny accuses me. No, well, you you admit it several I times. I did admit it. I did admit it. A but bunch. you guys all accused me at first, and then I looked it up and was like, "Oh damn, you all right?" Apparently, most of my 
famous crushes tend to look a lot like my husband. Yes. Let's branch out. Let's pick somebody branch different. Out. Well, I had one in mind because of the one show I had been watching, but I think I've picked him before. <laughs> Probably. So that would not be branching out. Jesus, how do I not have one? I, I created this. How do I not have I feel so oh. proud of myself for not holding us up this time. Right? Mm-hmm. This is a really tough decision. After you've recorded 40-something episodes, you start really questioning if you are, can branch out if <laughs> I have a little bubble and I like it um, hmm. wow this is horrible Jenny's gonna have to edit out five seconds of me going mm. hmm more like five wow. minutes uh, do what more like five minutes five minutes Okay, I'm just going to give it to the same person again. If I've already given it to them. I don't remember. So, I've been watching NCIS LA from the beginning now. Mm-hmm. And it reignited my love for someone that's going to make you roll your eyes. Mm-hmm. I know it. I already see that mm-hmm. face. Mm-hmm. Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Oh, no. My 90s obsession with him did not go away. It just Apparently got better not. as he aged. Like, <laughs> I, think you should, I think you should stop this rewatch of NCIS. Not happening. <laughs> I have loved Chris O'Donnell since I was like 12. All right. Fair enough. I probably named the same person several times, so probably. I'll allow it. We had said that at one point we allowed it if the other person had said it. Because then it was a different different thing. And I almost said Timothy Olsen, but I already said that one just Mm -hmm. a few episodes ago. Mm -hmm. And then I almost said Henry Cavill because Mm -hmm. he put out some, like, Instagram thirst traps Mm -hmm. the other day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The man was rebuilding his PC again. Mm -hmm. And he plays Warcraft and he was talking Mm -hmm. about the new expansion. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. and all you could see was arm muscles. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't be handling this now. <laughs> I'll have Woo! to look that up later. All right. Um, is there anything that you want to plug real quick? Um, be sure to check out the new episodes of Place to Be Nation. Pop Goes to the Classics um, Disney Edition. We got lots of new episodes coming at you. Um, Telly and T will be back very shortly for more of our rewatch and recap of 24. Um, I think that's all I've done. Oh, if you haven't listened to our Christmas special mm-hmm. yet, which uh, Jenny was a huge part of, if you haven't listened to our Christmas special yet, it doesn't matter that it's not Christmas anymore and then it's almost valentine's day at this point who knows what day it is i don't know what day it is anyway if you haven't listened to that yet you should it's really fantastic i laughed at myself it was great what do you mean by christmas special and where can that be found oh yeah i guess i should be it is on place to be nation wrestling pop it's actually on the wrestling feed Mm -hmm. um if you are a wrestling fan you're going to love this show Mm mm-hmm 
a lot. Um, but it's on the wrestling feed, and it features pretty much anyone and everyone you can think of from both Place Be Nation, Place Be Nation Pop, and, of course, the Ginny position. Um, it was fantastically written, very well done. It's just hysterical. It's great for ear holes, and you just need to go listen to it, basically. I'm trying to find the uh, ep number because it is yeah, under... Yeah, on the feed, it is a number, but... Um... It is the Place to Be podcast episode number 566. It is the 10th annual um, edition of the Christmas play. I can't even believe 10 annual. I think you and I have been here in part of, what, four or five now? I think this was our fourth. fourth I think that's our fourth year. I think we've been doing this for almost, oh my God, almost, I I don't know. But yeah, I think it's mine and Jenny's fourth year of participating in this. I just lent my voice, but Jenny did a whole lot, and it's phenomenal. And it's, a, it's a lot of fun. And yes, yeah. Miranda got to be Cindy Lauper. In that. I yeah, I was Cindy Lauper. No criticism on my voice because I am actually not Cindy Lauper. Mm, it was wonderful. Thanks. So as for me, uh, right here on the Jenny position, there is. A new episode of The Journey Through Infinity. Um, we watched Captain America Civil War. We didn't live watch it, but we watched it. And then we talked about it on that show. There will be a new, you heard about Pluto very soon. As well as a new uh, Bianca's First Time. We watched While You Were Sleeping. And that was a live watch. because It is still amazes show. me the things that she has not seen. Oh, the list is endless that she hasn't oh, seen. Oh, Kills me. Kills me. Um, also, I want to talk real quick about uh, a new show that I'm going to be debuting here on the Jenny position. It is called Hot Tokes. Uh, I am joined on that show by my friend from Twitter, <laughs> Vanessa Shark, uh, who I've done some podcasts with, um, with our friend Nate Milton. And she is, like me, a marijuana user. And... Um, I have been wanting to start a show that talks about weed. And so I asked her to do it and she said yes. That so is we're super gonna, cool. We're going to be talking about weed on that show. Uh, it will probably be just short um, 30, 45 minute episodes. Uh, the first episode will be, you know, sort of like our history, um, what we want to do with the show. Um, what the point of it is. Because um, I think I that we love the history. Like, I'm not trying to tell you guys what to talk about, but as someone who will be listening to the show, I would love for you guys to get into like the history of weed, if that's something that you would be interested in yeah, in, in your I... segment. I would love to hear about the history of, of weed and like where it went. I'm not going to say wrong because I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm saying where it went from wrong and like where we're going now i think that would be super super cool um yeah i think that's part of what inspired me to do it is um sort of um destigmatizing um mm-hmm. weed and uh i am a medical marijuana user so i can legally purchase it and use it in florida um she lives in las vegas so she has she also legal, has legal access. Legal weed. So, um, but I mean, I'm sure we will get into 
um, the times before <laughs> we were both yeah. legally doing that. So, or maybe not, you know, um, this is also a way for me to learn more about Vanessa Shark. So <laughs> I, um, I have enjoyed her quite a bit on the shows that we've done together and I think she's awesome. So I'm really looking forward to learning more about her and um, introducing her to, you know, this this audience and and what you and I have done. Um, I know that's super exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. It's different. And so, if you want to listen to some wrestling stuff, I have some new shows on the aforementioned Place Nation Wrestling feed. There's a new PTB NXT and a new Jenny and the Gems. Uh, on the North South Connection, you can find my show called Shrink Wrapped, which is about comic books. Um, we're going to be doing a WandaVision uh, episode of Shrink Wrapped, so listen to that. And I have a show called TNA Never Dies over there, and also the Extreme Three-Way Dance. Follow me at Jenny Position on Twitter, and Miranda is at Mom's a Nerd. Together, we, you can find us at Geek and Sassy on Twitter and Insta and Facebook. We yep. do have a Gmail. You can send a Gmail, I guess, if you want. Uh, the Jenny Position at gmail.com. Write a review. That would be great. Do a five-star yeah. review. Review that for any even of better. the... Yeah, review for any of the feeds would be fantastic. All of them would be, like, phenomenal. Yeah. And if you have recommendations on things you would like us to talk about, mm -hmm. go in-depth. Um, we've mentioned maybe doing some more... Some more shows that require like a little research like yeah. not that we don't research but like maybe doing something with like a topic that requires some research mm -hmm. um so if you have any of those like send them our way like let us know like what you want to hear yeah definitely um anybody has any ideas for a show we're definitely uh we we have plenty of ideas but always open to more yeah so that'll do it i love seeing your face your face too it's fantastic <laughs> thank you for listening and you're welcome for talking. <laughs>